Uh, good morning. My name is Andy Nelms, and, and I have the privilege of uh, being the associate pastor here at Lover's Lane and the pastor here at Thrive, and, and I just want to welcome you this morning. Uh, maybe you're a, a longtime member uh, worshiping here online. I want to say welcome to all of you who, who are, are there worshiping with us in our online community on Facebook, or maybe it's your first time here. Uh, maybe you got sent this link by a friend, or, or maybe you just saw us online and decided to check in, and, and I just want to let you know that you're welcome here. We are, we are so glad that you are here, that we get the opportunity to worship with you. Um, we are in a sermon series right now called The New Normal, and when we planned this series, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, what does this new year look like, this, this 2021, as we live into kind of what's a new normal. And, and there's no way that we could have anticipated, as we looked toward this series, the events that would have happened this last Wednesday. The Wednesday was a sad event for our country. As a mob stormed our nation's capital, as several people lost their lives, as our democracy was threatened, many of us watched in, in shock and awe on our phones, on our TV screens, of what was taking place that looked like it could have taken place in another country, somewhere else, where we would have watched from a distance and just said, isn't that terrible for them? But now it seems to be happening to us. And we're left asking this question of how do we live in to what seems like a new normal? How, how do we fix the issue that is before us? And, and that's why I think it's really important this morning to, to talk about the issue of authority and influence. You see, those are two different words. Authority and influence have two different meanings. Authority refers to a title, a position that one holds. It's important, but there is this, this role of authority, but then there's this other thing called influence. Influence is the impact that you have on someone else's life. Maybe even regardless of authority, all of us have influence. And when we look at these two words, we notice something that that in the new normal, authority can be a cop-out. In the new normal, authority can be a cop-out. It, it sounds like I would do something good. I, I would do something really good for this company, but I'm not in the right position. I didn't get the promotion that I wanted. You know, I, I would do something really good for this country. I would do something really good for this nation or even my state or even my, 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 my local community. I would do something really good, but I'm not in the right position. I, I, I do a lot of good things, but you know what? Now I'm retired, and I don't have the same authority that I used to have. There's not as many people looking up to me as there once were. Now that I'm retired, I, don't, I have been there and I've done that. In the new normal, authority is a cop-out. That what we ought to focus on is influence. Now, now, influence is earned, not gained through title or position. 
We, we earn influence. We earn this impact that we have in other people's lives and what's important for people of faith. Now more than ever, what's important for people of faith is that we use our influence. Not our authority, that we use our, our influence to make a positive impact in the lives of others. Now, now, this morning, we're going to come to the Scripture, and, and we're going to read this morning out of the book of 2 Kings. It's in the, the Old Testament. I encourage you, if you have a Bible around, that you would grab it, or, or maybe even, you know, if you use your Bible on your phone, that you would use that some way. I hope that you would engage with the Bible this morning, that you would make notes, that you would um, write down thoughts that you might have so that you can come back to it later. In some way, I, ho- I hope that you're, you're making notes so that we can revisit this throughout the week. This morning, we're going to read through 2 Kings. We're going to start in chapter 5. You heard Miss Tasha talk a little bit about it this morning. Um, there's this story in 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1 this morning about a man named Naaman. We read this, that Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my lord were were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now there's several important things in this passage here. First of all, that Naaman is not an Israelite. In other words, Naaman in the Old Testament is not one of the good guys. He, he is a, a commander of, of the bad guys, right? Like he is not only on the wrong side, but he's on the opposing force of the wrong side. He's a commander of the king of Aram. He's leading military force, and he have, even has a captive of Israel in his, in his home. And we read that, that not only is, is Naaman a, a commander of the opposing force, but he's really good at it. He's experienced success, and we read that even though he's experienced this success, he has leprosy. Even though he's experienced great wealth, he has this thing that money cannot fix. And maybe we've realized this in our own life, that there are things in our life that we can't solve with authority. We can't solve with power. Rick Warren, the popular writer and pastor, he says that there are three kinds of living. There there are three kinds of living. There's survival, right? The just getting by. I need food and water. I need a shelter over my head. I, I need to survive. There's the survival kind of living. And then there's the success kind of living. The one who dies with the most stuff wins, right? All I got to do is just accrue all of these things and get them near me. You just need to have them handy. Just make sure that I have more than somebody else. There's this success kind of living. And then there's significance. This is the highest form of living, Warren says. This significance. I want to make my life significant. Now, here's the thing. Naaman was focused on the success kind of living. And when we focus on success, there are things that can stand in our way. For Naaman, it was leprosy. He he wanted success. That was his goal in life. But he realized that there was this thing that stood in his way, this leprosy. And the same is true for us. If our goal is success, there are any number of things that can stand in our way. A global pandemic, to name one. The the, the seemingly fall of democracy to name another. 
If success is our goal, there are many things that can stand in our way. But if your goal is significance in your life, no matter what comes your way, there's nothing that can stop us. I wonder if this was in the back of the mind of the Israeli slave girl. As she said, if only my master were with a prophet in Samaria. And so Naaman hears of this prophet, this one who can heal him of his leprosy. And so he, he went and told his lord, his king, just what the girl of the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, go and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. And the letter read, when this letter reaches you, the king of Israel, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I God to give death or life? That this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy. Just look and see how he was trying to pick a quarrel with me. And so Naaman goes and he tells his king, he says, there's this man in, in Israel, this prophet that can heal me of my leprosy. Send me there to go to him. And, and instead, the king sends him to the king of Israel. Why? Because he confused authority with influence. The king of Aram confused authority with influence and said, if there is, a, if there is a, one prophet in Israel that can heal you, surely the king who was over that man, surely the king can do that as well. And so the king sends Naaman to the king of Israel and, and says, cure this man of his leprosy. And of course, the king tears his clothes and says, oh my God, I can't do this. But Elisha the prophet hears about this, and, and we read about it. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, we read this, that when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, so that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Notice what happens there, Right? Notice all of this, that, that, that there's all this authority packed into the first part of this story. There's Naaman, who's a commander of, of this army of the king of Aram. He has this kind of authority, and he hears about this person who can heal him, and so he goes to his own king, to his lord, to the one over him, and he says, listen, there's this person over here who can heal me. And so that leader sends him to another leader in the land of Israel, the king of Israel, and it's jam-packed with all this authority, all this success, but still they can do nothing for his leprosy. And then Elisha just writes a letter to the king of Israel. And Naaman comes to Elisha's house. Notice that kind of influence, that, that we read about all these things that Naaman brings. Why? To show the kind of authority that Naaman has. That Naaman is not somebody who just rides his horse just to one place. Naaman comes with his cavalcade. Naaman comes with, with, this, with this gang of people. Naaman comes with all of his horses and chariots. All of this authority comes to the house of one prophet in Israel. And that's what happens with influence. That influence reaches beyond authority. Influence reaches beyond authority. This is incredibly important for us to know. 
That as we sit back and we hope and we wait for somebody else to fix something. Friends, remember that your influence has the power to reach beyond authority. And so Elisha sends this letter to the king of Israel and has Naaman and all his authority brought to the house of Elisha. And, and there something happens. That, that while Naaman is standing at the doorstep of Elisha, we read this in, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10, we read this, that Elisha sent a messenger to Naaman. Elisha sent a messenger to Naaman saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Well, we read about this, this seems a little underwhelming to Naaman, right? That, that, that Naaman would come to his house um, and that, that Elisha would just send a messenger out to the door saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times. And so we read this response from Naaman. But Naaman became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me, he surely would come out and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Can I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. Naaman comes with all of his authority to the doorstep of Elisha. Elisha sends a messenger saying, go wash in the Jordan. And Naaman is frustrated. In fact, that's what happens with influence. That influence frustrates authority. Now, this is really important for all of us because we all have influence and we know that eventually our influence is going to frustrate authority, but it's really important to know if you have authority. In fact, it's really important for me to know as a pastor, I may have a title, but you have the influence. I, I may have on paper the, the authority to make some judgments for Thrive, to make some decisions, but without the influence of the community, we can do nothing together. Influence frustrates authority, and it's really important for us to know if we have influence, and it's especially important for you to know if you have authority, maybe at your job, where you hold a certain position, and you know that on paper, you have the ability to make a lot of decisions. You can say this thing, you can say jump, and these people will say how high, but if you keep making those authoritative decisions without the influence of the community, then well, you might end up just being really frustrated. Influence frustrates authority. We see this throughout the Bible, and especially in 2 Kings. And so we read that Naaman is especially frustrated with Elisha. Why? Because he refused to acknowledge the authority that he brought to his house. He refused to acknowledge the, the power, the strength that he had brought to this prophet's house, that he sent a messenger out to him just saying simply, go wash in the Jordan seven times. And so we read this, that in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 13, that Naaman's servants approached and said to Naaman, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? And so Naaman went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. 
Naaman received healing that day. But it wasn't thanks to authority. Right? If left simply to authority, he never would have received healing because he went to his king who sent him to the king of Israel to have him healed and the king couldn't do it. Naaman received healing that day thanks to the influence of the prophet of Israel and thanks to the influence of Naaman's servants. Think about the position of Naaman's servants in that moment, right? When they see Naaman get frustrated and angry, they could just let him make his own decision. Well, well, he's the master. He's in charge of this household. Surely he knows what's right. Well, you know, Elisha did kind of disrespect him. He sent a messenger out to his house, and he didn't really give him the pomp and circumstance that Naaman deserves. We can just let him make that decision for himself, and just, we can just go home and let him be angry. Surely he'll cool down eventually. But in that moment, the servant spoke up. Why? Because, because influence has power over authority. That influence reaches beyond authority. They had influence to do good in that moment and they chose to do it. And because they did, Naaman received healing. Friends, our our nation needs healing today. Our nation needs healing. How will you use your influence? How will you act to bring hope into this world? Because people of faith, people of faith choose influence over authority to bring hope. Will you choose to do the same? And you know, maybe you don't know what you believe. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you just checked it out to see what was going on and you're not quite sure what you believe about Jesus. That's fine. What if you used your influence to bring hope? What if you just tried this out to see if it was true in your own life, just to practice it? And if we are people of faith, if we claim to follow Jesus, then what are we doing? Are we using our influence to bring hope to others in all of our conversation and the impact we have in other people's lives? Are we spreading hope? I want to encourage you this week to practice something, to to try something, to have a loving and peaceful conversation with someone who disagrees with you. Have a loving and peaceful conversation with someone who disagrees with you this week. Why? Because there is a wedge being driven between us. There's a wedge. There seems to be a great chasm that that is only widening between us. that, That we start looking at our fellow Americans as enemies rather than as neighbors. We start looking at our, at our neighbors as the problem and not the solution. I don't care what aisle, what side of the aisle that you're on. 
The problem in our community will not be solved by one person getting them here or there in this position or not. The problem will be solved when people of faith use their influence over authority to bring hope into this world. And I pray that you will as well. Let us pray. God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. God, I pray that we would receive your blessing today and not just a blessing for our own benefit, but God, that, that we would have a blessing this morning that would spill out into our neighborhoods, that would spill out into our conversations, that would spill out into our work, into our emails, God, into every interaction that we have, Lord, that it would be filled with hope, that it would be filled with connection, that it would be full of peace, love, and grace, that in everything we do, God, we would use the impact we have in other people's lives Spread good news. God, that we would listen more than we speak. That we would choose love. We ask all of this by the power of the Holy Spirit and the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, Amen.